0: Welcome back to Mages and Murder Dads, the best show dedicated to the Baldur's Gate franchise and beyond. I'm Cameron, and I play Ticklevar, the sorcerer. And I'm Danny, and I play Balthazar, the barbarian. This is episode twenty-five, and this time we're going to be talking about the planar sphere. Oof, oof! It's a it's a real it's a real uh, experience. Mm-hmm. If you haven't had that experience before, you can. Here at the top of the show, follow us on Twitter. Look down in the description for our two Twitter handles. You can hit like on Facebook. That would help us out a lot. We we get quite a lot of quite a lot of uh likes over on facebook and that's pretty fun you can you can go to um what we like to call the entire internet's comment section aka facebook and Mm. uh see what we're doing and you can like and subscribe you can like this video here on youtube and you can subscribe to us here on youtube to see more of our things like our uh wildlands videos from the other day did did you did you like our wildlands videos Danny?
1: I did, although you can kind of sense a growing frustration which at times bursts out into rage which there's still like elements of it that you, you weren't able to edit out fully. Yeah, yeah. If you want
0: to hear us having a bad time, <laughs> like over the course of three hours. You but can... all, all like scrunched into just a few minutes. Yeah, you can you can see it easily digested down. Uh, you don't you don't really see that frustration here on Mages and Murder Dads. This is not a frustrated show. No, this is uh,
1: this is just a chill time for for some for some good listening.
0: For the good listening, you can also support the show over on Patreon. You can give us a uh, dollar or three dollars or five dollars a month, and you can uh, uh, you can you can support these videos. You can read some writing. I put up some uh, some good old fashioned game criticism essays uh, once a month. Maybe Danny will write something for us over there. Maybe some board game reviews.
1: Yeah, and also we need. I still need to tell tell folks about a kind of like a trip report from that World of Dungeons game we did.
0: You absolutely need to do that. It'll happen.
1: We'll get there. Yeah.
0: So we're still playing Baldur's Gate. We're we're in Baldur's Gate two. If you haven't listened to the show before, I don't know how you've made it. I don't know why you are listening to episode 25 first, but I commend you. This is a show where we each play the game, and uh, we come together, and I edit the video to where you can see all the things that we did. Uh, so, you know, sometimes, the past couple episodes, we've had a big question at the top of the episode, you know, these, these big ideas. We talked about, in the last episode, episode 24, we talked about True Neutral, and uh, what is it for? What is True, mm-hmm. true Neutral all about? Well, in this episode, we're gonna have the big question
1: How are we feeling about the game so far? I feel like this is a fair question to ask given that we're we're at episode twenty five. We're five episodes in to you know, the this season, if you will, of Mages and Murder Dads. And also Twenty-five. That's a quarter of the way to a hundred. We should we should be taking stock of uh, of where we've been and and how we're doing.
0: Yeah, and you know I think that five episodes in, five episodes into Baldur's Gate one, we were a chunk of the way into that game, probably halfway, halfway. through. Probably halfway through. Yeah, um, especially if we if we discount the um, DLC and stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, we had. We had some ideas about what was going on. We had Baragost, right? Mm-hmm. We, we had uh, Nashkel, the mining town. We had an idea of what was going on with the, the mining scarcity. And we'd also wandered around a lot in the wilderness. hmm You know what I mean? Like, we we'd had some strict narrative content, and we'd had some wandering around. Kind of an equal measure. And the same thing... With Siege of Dragonspear, I think, about halfway through that, you know, we'd had a little bit of free roam time and a little bit of deep narrative story time. Maybe a lot of deep narrative story time, actually.
1: Mm -hmm. Not so in Baldur's Gate 2. Yeah, I'd say that's one of the larger differences is... Be it the way we're approaching it, which I don't think it's just the way we're approaching it. I think it is due to the the way the game is structured, the way that the Baldur's Gate 2 is structured. It's uh, we've got quest hooks that are that are taking us places, and we go to those areas, and it's very like dense content there. But we're not seeing something where like we had in Baldur's Gate One, where there were there were just like these these little maps if you go to the world map just like a sprinkling of um of these areas of nothing and then you'll have an area where oh stuff happens there's like content hidden there you would never have found it if you weren't um going out of your way and exploring weird areas right um now we've only left the the city once to go to the umar hills check out episode 24 but you know, even Umar Hills, it's like you go there and there is the temple adjacent to it. You have gotta like find out where that is through a quest in the Umar Hills and then you go there and it's not as if you can like go left from those that temple and you find like planes and who knows whatever's there. You know what I mean? Mhm.
0: Yeah, there's no um there's there's no wandering around like there is no unintentional wandering. Yeah. So much that, like, the Umar Hills doesn't exist until you talk to someone to have you have them tell you about it. Where I think everywhere in Baldur's Gate 1 exists, whether someone tells you about it or not. Like, you could you could walk off of Map 1 and theoretically go everywhere.
1: Basically, the only, maybe Olgoth's beard would be mm, the only yeah. exception, but you could certainly get to Durlag's Tower from Candlekeep at level 1. As everyone should. As everyone should, as yeah. it's intended. Yeah, but
0: there is this kind of weird thing of, of feeling like, you know, playing the game, feeling like I'm off the beaten track in the sense of like, we don't know what MON is up to at all. Sure. We have not followed up on that in like dozens of hours at this point. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but, but still like going to the Umar Hills and it being like very, um, strict and explicit narrative content like i'm i'm here to do the four quests and then the major quest and that I, I should never ever return
1: here again yeah it's a little it's just a more curated experience as opposed to a Baldur's gate one or like a maybe a more recent example of a feeling that Baldur's gate one kind of evokes um like a moral wind Right? Mm -hmm. Like, you can kind of just go off the rails and, like, really go weird places that tie into stuff later. There's only tiny tastes of that in Baldur's Gate, too, insofar as, for example, oh, when you're in the Temple District, you can meet that wizard that you'll end up needing to find out about once you go to the Bridge District. Mm -hmm. Right? Um, But yeah, everything seems much more curated and exploration is more intentional and less. And less kind of uh, procedural, or less kind of uh, emergent.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think you're you're bringing up a good point that there is um, that we can see a dividing point happening between Baldur's Gate one and Baldur's Gate two, where Baldur's Gate one is kind of closer to the the um, traditional computer Western computer RPG like Ultima and uh, Elder Scrolls style. Of like, look, you know, we start, and you can go wherever the hell you want, do whatever you want to do, and if you get hurt doing that, well, you've made that choice, right? Get good. Um, just get well, or, you know, you're the chosen one. Get chosen. Mm-hmm. Uh, versus, like, Baldur's Gate 2, which I think provides a really neat trajectory into later Bioware titles, right? So, Knights of the Old Republic, uh, Mass Effect, that kind of design of, like, very clear almost interactive fiction style trees of decision that take you to specific places and have you do xyz like the umar hills you could plop that you know uh, despite the fact of it it being like a fantasy um you know fantasy scenario that happens in faerun you could plop that out and put that in kotor
1: and make everyone like a you know Stuff. You could reskin that and put that in many different, any number of different games in this genre. Mm-hmm. But maybe not,
0: you know, The Witcher. Might not fit sure. into, like, The Witcher 3, which is interesting. I, I don't know. I just think, like, these, um, I, I think we have a unique opportunity playing these games in, in this, like, weird sequence. I mean, not weird sequence, but, like, this very tight and focused sequence. And I think these are threads I would not have picked up on,
1: you know, no. if not and for I think in and even more kind of like a, a, a sharper angle here is it's one thing to compare Baldur's Gate one and Baldur's Gate two, but I think it's really interesting to see having just experienced Siege of Dragonspear. Um, I know that when we interviewed, uh, Phil Daigle, which, mm-hmm. was, which was, was great link here. Um, when we interviewed Phil Daigle, uh, he talked about how well because of their kind of budgetary constraints, it's like a tighter narrative, and there's less exp- exploration in Siege of Dragonspear. But I think that anyone that would criticize Siege of Dragonspear and say, "Oh, it's on," you know, "it's on rails," or "Oh, you, there's not enough," ex-, you know, "you just get get led from one plot point to to the next," it, it's 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 a constrained narrative. I think they need to they they might need to replay Baldur's Gate two before they level that criticism at it because there is more in common i feel like there's more in common between baldur's gate 2 and siege dragon spear than than uh, bg1 and bg2 yeah absolutely like
0: the 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 distance between like if we if we had siege a dragon spear on one end of a spectrum and then baldur's gate one on the other baldur's gate 2 definitely tends toward and and really because you've never played throne of ball correct correct I'll be curious, because we'll have some version of this conversation, I'm sure, when we get toward that game, and I'll be very curious what you think. Because uh, to me, to my memory, and it's been a long time since I've played Throne of Ball uh, all the way to the end, to my memory, Throne of Ball is almost exactly the same as Siege of Dragon Dragonspear, mm-hmm. as far as, like, um, maneuverability and, and the game's reactiveness to what the player wants to do, and all of those things.
1: Yeah. Well... Um, yeah, no, I think I think interesting and I, I guess before we move on, also also when I'm talking about similarities between Dragon Spear BG two, BG one, right now we're kinda just talking about the narrative focus and like the way quest hubs work and exploration works. When it comes to combat and the crunchiness, BG two and BG one are definitely right there with each other. Like some real Gygaxian stuff and and not the kind of uh, hyper gronky um combat that that we saw in in siege
0: yeah absolutely like the the encounters don't feel like they are um designed for someone who wants to play divinity original sin yeah which is a game i enjoyed and you know i reviewed that game when it came out and i had a good time with it but it was also like uh you know hitting my hand with a
1: hammer a lot of the time Mhm mhm. You know, I I don't know if we, if you've ever thought about this, but um by the time we're finished with this, we will we will genuinely be authorities on on these games. Like people should be coming to us, people should be writing us letters about what our opinions are. Like how many people do this kind of work? Like longhand, people should be Yeah, people should be writing us letters sending them to uh what I guess the Copper Coronet, is that where our address is now? Yeah. PO box at Copper mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Um yeah, no, yeah, I
0: I think it is a, a, an interesting endeavor. I encourage everyone to do this kind of interesting endeavor. And I, you know, I also like as a as a side note here before we before we move on. I do like that we are doing this in this kind of uh, podcasty video show format and not as a let's play because I don't think I would have if we were let's playing it, I don't think I would be reflecting as much on the play it would be all in the moment rather sure. than than reflective mm-hmm. because there are parts of this game that are enraging <laughs> and we'll, yeah we'll it talk about sorry. one of those in just a minute but like
1: <laughs> i'm looking forward to that
0: yeah but i definitely wouldn't uh have the kind of like longer perspective on it i don't think Hmm. well you want to talk about the planar sphere yeah seems like uh seems like that's fair that's what we did That is what we did. So
1: we saw Valigar a little bit. I don't even know if we talked about him in the last episode, but we mentioned him. I think that we both interacted with him, but we decided that given the nature of his quest, we would, we would go into him here instead of in
0: the last episode. So I'm going to, I'm going to set up the stakes here and I'm going to talk about what I did with Valigar. And I'm very curious to find out what Balthazar did.
1: Sure. Because
0: what I did with Valigar is impossible for Malthazar. Sure. So, Valigar is uh, a guy who the Kald Wizards, if everyone remembers the Kald Wizards, they're the kind of um, magical authority in Athkatla. They're looking for this guy because he was hiding out in the uh, Dock District,
1: hmm. it,
0: and they sent some cowled wizards to his house for something unclear slash I don't remember. And he murdered a cowled wizard and then he ran off. And so if you're in the government district, you can talk to this dude named Tolgirius and he can he'll tell you, hey, uh, we need help finding him. If you find him, uh, bring him to us or bring him bring us his body. And so mm. he's out in the Umar Hills. And I see him and then, uh, you know, I'm, I'm like, Hey, the cow w- wizards are looking for you. What's up? Blah, blah, blah. He lays out this story. He says, did you see that big orb in the, in the slums? We did. We did see the big, big orb. And he says, well, that is piloted and was created by the guy named Lavok. And Levok is his ancestor. And he's like, not really a lich. Cause he's not a lich. He's just like a powerful wizard. Who who travels throughout the universe and occasionally, generation by generation, comes back to Faerun in order to find someone of his bloodline. So, I guess, like, great-great-great-great-great nieces and nephews, presumably. Mm -hmm. And then he, like, drains them of their energy or takes over their body or something like that. In order so that he can sustain his life past its normal boundaries. Exactly. So, like, almost him, I guess. Yeah, it seems like you should just commit
1: at that point, right? Sure. Can can we at least step back here and appreciate the nature of that, what you just said? How so? Ela- elaborate. Just the, the story about, yeah, so there's a guy who's wanted by wizard police, and... He's hiding out. They say he murdered somebody, and he says, Hey, you know this, like, strange otherworldly sphere? Well, that's actually an interplanar vehicle that my ancient ancestor drives around in, and they want me so that they can get in there. And, oh, my my ancient ancestor, he's, he's so old, and occasionally he, the only reason he comes back to this plane is to, to you know, collect the life essence of one of his, uh, you know one of his like relatives so he can keep living. like I that that sounds like a something an improv group would come out, come up with. like cool, like a good improv group, but still mm-hmm. that's crazy. It
0: does kind of daisy chain around and, <laughs> it, and and I would say that this uh, this quest is defined by the fact that it is mostly just daisy chaining around. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes in positive ways and sometimes in negative ways. So I told Valegar, I said listen. Oh well I guess at the end he's like all right what I want to do is I want to go inside that planar sphere and murder my great 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 uncle so he won't ever do this again and I'm the last of the Corthala line which is so you know he's the only person who can go back and kill his great 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 uncle but but anyway so I said all right let's go do this. Like, I, I fantasy quested my, my ass off here, and I uh, so I took Yoshimo, my only thief, took him out, mm. he went off to the Copper Cornet, put Valigar in, gave him no weapons or armor, and just assumed <laughs> he would die, and then we went off. Okay. So, in that conversation, there's only two options. I see you have track- Join my party, or I'll see you later.
1: And I know that Balthazar travels alone. Yeah, so what happened there? Well, I think in a in a normal playthrough where Balthazar is not doing this podcast, Pal- Balthazar does not get into the Planar Sphere, mm-hmm. right? Just doesn't do that quest. Yeah. Um, no, the only way to do this was to invite Valgar in my part into my party, immediately run over to the slums, open the door, and then immediately kick him out. And, and then I, and then he said, "Well, I guess I'm going to go back to the cabin." and then I was like, "Yeah, I'll, I'll, we'll meet up later." And I you know, I didn't say that. He's just there there in his cabin He's and, gone.
0: And it lets you in and out
1: after that. yeah, once, once the door is open, you're good
0: I, can, can I tell you I thought I thought that Balthazar would kill him and then use his body.
1: Ooh, is that an option oh yeah that's an option because that's what the the cald wizards want to wizards want to do oh but i guess it didn't occur to me that like even though that's what the cald wizards would want to do i would be able to do that
0: yeah i think you can kill him and just drag his body around like everybody else does
1: well i mean it was it was easier to just trick him into coming (laughs) or not trick him just say yeah follow me i didn't even say what i was doing follow me door opens okay go go back to the cabin yeah,
0: it's it's kind of annoying that he goes back to his cabin in the woods. Seems like he could go to the Copper Cornet with everybody
1: else. No, he's wanted.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. I guess that's true.
1: <laughs> Can't go to the Copper Cornet.
0: Even though the the, uh, the cowled wizard guy for the Umar Hills lives a, a mere 30 feet
1: from Valigar. Sure, but we already established he he gives less than zero fucks about... Anything the cowed wizards wanted, unless they explicitly tell him. We get there. I, I, and you know, I, I really like the planar
0: sphere, like as a, a visual object, because it literally is just like phased into existence. It's like cut, ha- cut houses in half. Um, it's just there. Mm-hmm. I really like that. And, uh, so yeah, you just like open this little door and you zip on in there, and it's kind of like, um, they are, like, hatches everywhere. Yeah. Like like you're in a big submarine. It does have a little bit of a submarine or steampunky feel. So you go in, and there's a door in front of you. There's a door to the left and a door to the right. The door to the right has a map in it. It's pretty cool. The door in front of you is locked. And the door to your left is, uh, is open, or it can be opened. And... Uh, I went in there and there was a golem there. Yes. And it stomped my face in. It just ate my lunch. Mhm. For probably six times, seven times. Why? I don't know. It it it's for me I think it was a clay golem. Mhm. And they cast haste and like half of my people's weapons don't work on them for some reason. Mm. And so it just punched my whole party to death. You could like three shot my party. And it was at this point that I thought that maybe the planar sphere might be too difficult for me,
1: Mm. but it it wasn't. (laughs) Yeah. It seems like I do remember that, that one golem being weirdly resistant to the weapons that I had. Um, but I don't remember any other golem being that diff- that difficult. No,
0: it was a gear check
1: golem. Interesting. You think that's the that's the logic?
0: No, I I have no idea why. I think <laughs> it's just a difficult golem to kill. But I like the idea of like a gear check monster
1: mm-hmm, in this mm-hmm.
0: single player uh, RPG.
1: You like projecting intentionality on all of these all of these? Yeah, these are all features.
0: Yeah, yeah. Every single one of these is just a feature. Mm-hmm. uh definitely not any problems here so yeah. so you you go past this golem after the the infinite number of times it took me to kill it there's a key in there there's mm-hmm. also a golem arm
1: that we'll see come up later yeah when you see a golem arm in, in Baldur's gate 2 go ahead and pick that up don't 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 say oh i don't need that right now i'll just leave it in the container you're just that's bad that's a bad thing to do yeah you always want to pick up a golem arm even if you don't think you're going to use it Yeah, hone your video game instincts,
0: people. I wonder who out there, is there a listener who would see a golem arm and be like, you know what, not for me. I don't need it. (laughs) I don't know. Leave one in the comments if that was you. Yeah, let us know. Let us us know if you're a bad player. (laughs) Um, So, so yeah, so you take the key and you, like, put it in the planar lock and then the planar sphere, like, rumbles and zips off into the universe. Mm Mm-hmm. And we're gonna die here now.
1: <laughs> that's
0: that's our that's the rest of the game. Like if you're Layvok, right? If you're the mm-hmm. owner and operator of your own player sphere, what you do is you, you transport that thing. You know, you got invaders coming in. You zip off into the universe. You close all the doors, and then you just wait like ten days tops. Mm-hmm. Because people aren't. There's out. not any food anywhere. No. Even though there is like. Well, in the next room. <laughs> in the next room, there there are all kinds of people. Tell us tell us about the people who are in these rooms.
1: Yeah, there are Knights of Salamnia and these are uh basically some adventurers that have been they're not from Athkatla, they're not from Faerûn. They're from from a different dimension basically. They're from Dragonlance. They're from Dragonlance. Ansalon. Ansalon and they have They've been, you know, they've been getting by here, mysteriously. We don't know how long. They say, man, we've been here a while. And they describe being accosted by these these little humanoid creatures that are about half the size of a, of a human, and they're vicious, and, and they have they've got they've got weapons and and they they jumped all over them and they barely got they barely got back and barricaded themselves into this room and i think the player character can j- say ingest jest, you, it literally sounds like you're describing halflings and when they respond they put halflings in quotation marks and they're like look i don't know what you're talking about with these halflings but these things are vicious they're bad mm-hmm. which i think the reason why that is is dragonlance does not have Halflings.
0: No, they have kinder. Exactly, yeah. Which are their own version. Yeah, I, I really like that uh that like little bit of, of uh like
1: trans setting storytelling. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. D shared in, like, universe. A tiny piece of that with respect to the Interplaner Travelers Bard Troop. Mm hmm. But this is the most explicit reference thus far to a different setting. Um, and the next one happens one story beat later because you still have to, you know, explain what are these creatures. And I was kind of thinking, oh, are they, are, w- what are these things going to end up looking like? Gibberlings? Mm-hmm. Some other thing? No, they are halflings. They are labeled halflings. And these are halflings from yet another world. Not Ancelon, Not Faerun. These are, these are, um, these are halflings from Arthas, Aethas, right? Mm, yeah, from Dark Sun. The dark... I feel like that could go a few ways pronunciation-wise. But... Athos. Athos. Um, but Dark Sun is one of the, like, like the cult classic, one of the cult favorites in terms of campaign settings in Dungeons & Dragons, where everything's, it's like dark fantasy. Everything's post-apocalyptic. Um, the, the world's just one big desert. Um, all the gods have died. And uh, magic has sapped all, um, veget- like, life force from vegetation. Like, in Dark Sun, instead of magic coming from the weave, magic is, like, you draining, uh, like, vitality from the earth. So, um, so, divine magic just doesn't exist because the gods are dead. And real magic is, like, scorned because... Uh, it is um, it is seen as being the cause of this horrible thing that has happened and uh, the world is ruled by terrible dragon sorcerers and who who you know propagate slavery and, and gladiatorial fights and it's just a real mean bad place. It's just Conan world. It's kind of Conan world yeah
0: Conan world in the desert. yeah, it's all mage kings. The mm-hmm. uh, the source books for uh, Dark Sun are super cool. Yeah, it's just like lists of bad stuff. There's sand sharks. They're 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 just sharks that swim under the sand and kill you. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are thrykeen, thycrene, whatever they are, giant six armed bug people. Hmm. and
1: they always are are wielding six scimitars.
0: I mean, what are you going to do? Wield four scimitars? <laughs>
1: what kind of crap
0: world do you think this is and yeah so halflings in that world are like cannibalistic um like group mind monstrous beings
1: yeah they're 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 real mean uh dark sun is it plays up the fact that oh it's dangerous and everything's hazardous so much. That in most settings including like fourth edition which was all about balance it it like very explicitly said yes dark sun is just as like dungeons and dragons hard mode like yeah. it is it is like all of the Gygaxian elements are cranked up and do not like do not be surprised if your level one character just gets swallowed by a sand shark That just happens sometimes get good yeah there's no wood or metal left in the world <laughs> so
0: if you have a wooden club you are like the best dude
1: yeah, and a dragon sorcerer might have a few steel swords. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. It's clearly and, the the, <laughs> the best one. Yeah. So, yeah, that was uh, Dark Sun Explanation Hour. Mm-hmm. Tune in. Uh, I don't know if we're going to do that again. No, just we'll, tune in this one time. Yeah, tune in this one time, and uh, and congratulations. You got through it. But, yeah, so having two planes here. And these halflings, uh, I don't know. They died to uh, everything else, just like they died, just like everything else uh, to Balthazar. They bleed like everything else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah.
0: I feel bad about killing this entire tribe of uh, of of halflings.
1: So, what is the what is the explanation for how they got um they nested here or whatever dark sun halflings do? I there is not
0: one. Which which is part of the like this is the the uh, push and pull of this quest, right? <laughs> uh-huh. On one hand, conceptually, very cool. Ooh, Knights of Salamnia, they're dope. They're very cool. They're you know like the the like uh, honor and word kind of paladins from um, um, Dragonlance. Whoa, uh, they're these people from Dark Sun, and they're like way weird and way different. Why are any of these things here? Dot, dot, dot.
1: Like, I think that I would have loved to see, um, because I can think, like, just off the top of my head, what if the halflings, what if they're, they attach themselves to the planar sphere in the same way as like a barnacle? Like when the planar sphere was rolling through dark sun and it like materialized, because you know, the, the, the planar sphere materialized in the slums and it like ate up a bunch of stuff in the slums, right? Mm hmm. What if when it materializes in the slums, like there was some slums in the planar sphere? We we're like, oh, when it pops into into one of these things, like some of the slums or some of that plane gets like subsumed into into an area of the planar sphere, and maybe that's what happened last time it popped through Dark Sun, we just picked up a little halfling tribe.
0: I mean, I think that's some great storytelling you're doing. It's sad that none of that is in this game, because <laughs> <laughs> like there is no slums in there, right? No. Um so I don't know unclear I mean maybe he's just growing his own batch of halflings, sure for nefarious purpose i mean if you're gonna if you're gonna create a security system for the middle of your planar sphere, you could do worse than dark sun halflings exactly like a mm-hmm. large group of cannibalistic murderers hmm is not that's not the worst choice they're yeah. su- they're self sustaining <laughs>
1: Uh, up to a point up to the point of entropy right yeah you just really self-sustaining as long as uh burglars keep keep uh trying Mm -hmm.
0: and you know what there's another room in this building that is full of uh like sentient funguses too so that's true i don't know (laughs) worth uh worth thinking i feel like we're putting way more thought into this than uh anyone else did (laughs) yeah yeah i think maybe so so, yeah, so after this, there is a a bunch of golems you gotta fight. Mm-hmm. And I see here on the thing, you say, you have a, <laughs> it says adamantite golems. Yeah. Why don't you tell me about that? Well, yeah, there's
1: some adamantite golems. No, there's not. Are they? Yeah. Not for me. Well, th- that's what I was wondering because I put in the notes here. Yeah, it seems like nothing here scales to letter level. But then I thought, well, what is the hardest thing I fought? And there was about three or four of them, and they were giant um, silver golems, and they were like a- either adamantium or adamantite. I forgot like which way they went with this mythical material. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, and they just resist. Like, it'll be like, Balthazar will swing and it'll say, Balthazar deals two damage, 22 resisted. Right? And, uh. That's a lot. It is. They can't hurt Balthazar, and with Berserk and Haste, Balthazar, it's just like chipping away. Because he's like hitting them 100% of the time. It's like, two, 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 two. two. Critical hit, three. Two two two, 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 And, uh. And they still die, but they're, like, they looked impressive. Yeah,
0: I wonder if the the feeling of nothing scaling is that just uh, that that halflings don't go that high.
1: Sure, halflings might not go that high, and also I think Balthazar ends this at level 31 or 32, and it might be that scaling only goes so far, you know? This game. <laughs> <laughs> the XP dump that is required. Um,
0: so yeah, so, so you go up through here, and you find a golem... Assembly station, sure. So we know where that arm's going, and you go up a little bit further from there into another room. There's a big furnace room. Unclear what this furnace is for. I'll be honest. Did you not use it? No, I did. And uh, (laughs) and then there's another room that has it's like a big clock in it. Mm -hmm. And all these rooms have uh, have golems in them. You gotta slay the golems. The furnace room. You you've been picking up coal from various depositories throughout this uh, this entire dungeon, and you put the coal in the furnaces in order to power the golem assembly station. So I did do it. I didn't know why I was making a golem. I just knew that that was clearly in my way, like a thing mm-hmm. to do. I didn't really know why. And every time I did that, a big-ass greater fire elemental came out. Yeah, And I had to fight him. Which is bad, because my primary means of fighting everything are fire elementals. Oh, no. I know. So I had Your to, only I, weakness. I know, so I had to go old school with that. Skeletons. And, uh, magic missile. Oh. Everybody has it. Everybody's dual class mage. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Have you, is that true?
0: No. No, that no. would be great, though. That would be good. Uh, no, that will be for Icewind Dale. Mm. Everybody's a mage kit. Mm-hmm. Everybody's a wizard slayer, the best class in the game. Screw that. Six barbarians. Oof. <laughs> Alright. I, I feel like I feel like after we're done with this, you'll never play a barbarian in a game again. Probably not. <laughs> yeah. Like I feel like you've probably had the experience. Mm-hmm. Whatever that is. Yeah.
1: Um so yeah. But so- yeah, so you, you eventually you get all of the pieces, you get all the coal going, and you assemble the golem. So, did you know why you needed to assemble the golem? No, I was just I was just doing it because of the quest. <laughs>
0: just because, just because I, I love the idea of it. That if you pick up golem parts and you find a golem assembly station, that both of us
1: in our video game brain were like, "Well, we should do that before doing anything else." Yep. I mean, the real if 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 Baldur's Gate really wanted to play up its Gygaxian heritage. It would just, after we assembled the golem, it would say, ah, intruder alert, and then it would attack you, and you, it would just be a normal golem, and you would kill it. I definitely thought that would happen. <laughs> I definitely <laughs> because, thought I was making when a super Because when you activate him, he does say, ah, intruder alert, and I was like, well, the only person I see is me. Yeah. So I was, like, getting ready to fight him.
0: Yeah, it's like the truly worst possible decision one can make <laughs> to cre- create your own uh, murder golem. But no, he runs across the map.
1: To an an area I have not explored.
0: Yeah, uh, same here.
1: And uh, what's he find there? Well, he starts running, and he says, oh, there's an intruder alert here. And actually, I think one of his says, he's like, beholder detected. And then Balthazar immediately hits Berserk. (laughs) And because I have the boots of speed, I just run ahead of the golem. And I get to this chamber, and there's an elder orb there. And then I hit Greater Whirlwind, and I rolled up on the Elder Orb, and I just destroyed it. Yeah, I was able to. So I, I didn't, I
0: didn't outpace the golem. I let the golem take lead here. Uh, but when he started punching the Elder Orb, which like said something sassy at me, I don't, I don't really know. He spoke to me, um, or it <laughs> spoke to me, and uh, so I, we start, we start going at him and the golem punches at one time and then my my whole party gets in on it because i wanted to i didn't know if it would give me the experience or not Mm. and so uh so yeah i did that and it you know i thought it'd be much more difficult i thought it'd be the kind of thing where you had to make the golem but i think i probably could have fought that thing on my own
1: no i don't think that it was uh it wasn't some weird plot protected event where you had to have the golem Um, I think that the golem was just there maybe in, just in case you did the, just in case you started the planar sphere right out of the copper coronet, maybe. Mm. Yeah.
0: Well, you'd had to Mm. do the. Well, I guess not. I I would be curious. I'd be curious what like a speed run in this game looks like and like, what is, what are like, the the useful low level quests to do, Mm. like the fastest ones to get up to a, a level
1: that's high enough to, like,
0: complete some of the later game
1: stuff. hmm I think it's, uh, I don't know, I think that's an interesting question, but I, for some reason I just doubt that you're ever doing the Planar Sphere in a, yeah. a speedrun. Yeah. But it would be interesting, like, a speedrun, all Stronghold speedrun, mm. to see, like, what is the most, uh, what's, like, the lowest you can do it.
0: Probably level one. Or probably. probably opening level. So, so we do that, and then right through that door that the Elder Orb is guarding... It's our old buddy Lavok. Mm-hmm. And he says some just nefarious shit. <laughs> just so... Twirls his mustache. He really does. And he's like, I'm I'm bad and I'm killing y'all. Mm-hmm. And I said, nuh-uh, buddy. I'm killing you. And I, <laughs> and I went for him. I summoned a bunch of elementals at him. How, how'd that work? Uh, it was a really easy fight. Mm-hmm. Um, like, surprisingly easy. I remember it being very difficult like the the last time I played the game and I don't know if it was because I tried to do this at an earlier level or if I did it later maybe and he he scales or something like that but yeah like even even though I have a harder time with uh with wizards than maybe I should just cast breach a couple times on him and then my uh Mazzy shot him with arrows and and maybe Valygar stabbed him some it was not a not a, not a hard fight at all not even challenging
1: yeah I'm I still have to rely on barbarian breach which is go and hit him and trigger Contingency and then leave the area and rest I don't and think, come back. I don't
0: think Contingency ever triggered for me. Mm. This could be a scaling thing, like
1: he might have a different move set. It could be, but it, I mean, whether it's... He just immediately casts Mantle, mm. and I think that makes him invulnerable to all weapons except plus five weapons. So I'm not there yet, and I just had to, like, leave and then make sure that Mantle was worn off. Yeah. But either
0: way. Which is probably just resting, right? Yep, just resting. Hmm. So, yeah, beat him up. And then he, like like everyone else who has ever done a bad thing ever, says, it's "Oh, the, It's never their fault. It's never their fault. Because he was possessed by an evil force of some sort. And I'm very unclear about what the hell actually happened here. Did you understand any of that? No. He's just like, uh, you know, I built this planar spear in my youth. I wandered around the plains. An evil force possessed me, and then everything bad I ever did was because of him, or it. Mm-hmm. But where? did they... you finally, you
1: finally freed me.
0: What did I Apparently? do? I
1: smashed the evil force out of his body with a mace. Yeah. Very unclear stab the evil force out. I don't know. Maybe it abandoned him because uh, but the evil force saw that this host was going to die, mm-hmm. and now the evil force is in you. That's why. I, all right, we'll talk. Keep put a pin in that
0: because I okay. want. I want to talk about that later because mm-hmm. I feel like there's a place where this quest could have gone, mm-hmm. and it doesn't. So, so anyway, he starts saying. Oh, you know, I'm very sad. I'm sad about all the things I did. The only thing that I want to do, and you know, Valigar this whole time is like mad as hell that that Levok keeps coming back and eating his family. Mm-hmm. So he's like full of vengeance and rage. And so Lavok says, I the only thing I want is to die in the light of my own plane. So to, to see the sun of his of his home plane before he dies. And uh, Valigar says, "Okay, that sounds good to me, buddy." Hmm, which is weird, right? Like, what sure. ha- what happened for you here? You don't you don't have uh, Valigar.
1: Yeah, so nothing. I think that the game uh, assumed that Valigar had been in my party and died because one of the potential dialogue options I had, if I wanted to refuse his request, was, "I don't think so. We've been through a lot, and some of us didn't make it." Mmm, some interesting dialogue decisions there. So he asks you to let him see, so, like, the light of day. Yeah. Mm,
0: okay. So there's it's, just it's no all mediator. that conversation.
1: Yeah, it's all that conversation. It's just me doing it.
0: Gotcha. Um. And so to do that, we have to like get back home because we're
1: like floating around in the abyss, apparently. Mm-hmm. And if I- you've ever had to get back home, what do you need? Gotta gotta go get a demon heart.
0: You gotta go get a demon heart, yeah, which is uh, such a weird thing. So yeah, so <laughs> you literally wander back out, you know, back out the way you came. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. And uh, there's just the abyss out there, which is interesting to me because, and this is of of course a thing that can't uh, that that can't be solved, but it would be a great thing to mod in. Um, is that if you remember during Siege of Dragon Spear. At the end of Siege of Dragon Spear, Viconia was in my party. And Viconia said, Oh, thankfully we're going to hell, wherever we ended up going. Mm-hmm. Where do you remember where we go?
1: Avernus. Avernus.
0: Yeah. She said, luckily we're going to Avernus because if we were going to the Abyss, her goddess Loth, or the Drow's goddess Loth, would wreck her shit. Right? She would sure. like, come find her and, and do murders on her. Mm-hmm. Here we are in the Abyss. Viconia is in my party. No problems from her.
1: No problems. I mean, the biggest, I think the biggest uh, misstep with the Abyss is the fact that you can rest there. <laughs> so you can just camp out in the you Abyss. Just sit. You can do the ba- old Balthazar sit cross legged for eight hours move.
0: Isn't it like. Um, Aren't gods in their, like, native or natural plane? Don't they have imminent
1: knowledge of that plane? Like, they know everything that occurs there? They do, although the thing with the Abyss is the Abyss is not Loth's because there are infinite layers of the Abyss. Mm. So Loth is in the demon web pits, Mm -hmm. right? And so the Demogorgon's in a different one and so on and so forth. So it may very well be that we are in a we're in <laughs> we're in like the the really like the 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 little league of um of abyss layers like the t ball of abyss layers. Mm.
0: Well, because we are that's that's almost hundred <laughs> well, percent sure. I'm, yeah. So I yeah I wandered around. I met a Tanari. Mm-hmm. I killed it. Got a demon heart. I met another named Tanari that summoned other demons. Killed him. Got his heart. Its mm-hmm. heart. And then uh, I met a third one too, and uh, it seemed more complicated to fight it. So I just ran back to the planer spire.
1: Hmm. No. I. So yeah. I, I. I. Um. I got all three hearts. I figured, what the heck? What if I needed to? What if I needed to fly the? Uh, the planar sphere around more
0: did you get an achievement for that
1: no i did not really I didn't should have chi- didn't get a chivo
0: <sighs> real oversight here mm-hmm. beam dog oof oof anyway <laughs> so so you roll back in there and you gotta go to the engine room and it took me forever to find the engine room
1: well, It's on your map
0: buddy it wasn't it's not on my map we got to go to the different level. you got to go to the I, room of fire and ice. I did not know how to get down to the bottom level. Mm. So here's the thing. So there's a little a room with, like, four sigils on the floor, right? And you, mm-hmm. like, use the sigils to go down. Um, I did the sigils, and this is the weird thing. I did it exactly right the first time. With, with like no trial and error, I thought oh, I'll just brute force this. It can't be that hard, and I just happened to do it right, which is cool. Ooh. And I didn't see the door open, and so I just wandered around. I probably wandered around for five minutes trying to find it. Oof! Because it said like put it in the golem. Got to put the heart in the golem, and so I was like, oh, I gotta go find a golem, and I like went around anyway. So mm. I ended up going down the stairs to these rooms of fire and ice, just full of fire demons and ice demons.
1: Yeah, there's an Efreet there, there's some salamanders, there's a snow troll, which I realized, oh my gosh, I left my burning sword on the table and, uh, <laughs> where I keep like all my things and that, that passed out guy. So I just had to not kill a snow troll. What a time not to have
0: your your thing. I know. You know who else is also down here? Who else?
1: The Cowled Wizards. Oh yeah, they, they snuck in behind me. While I was in the Abyss.
0: This is the most silly and ridiculous thing. (laughs) Like, I I know that is a a broad claim to make. But it took an immense amount of effort to get in the Planar Sphere. The minute that I opened the door to the sphere, it transferred into the Abyss. Mm -hmm. I had to kill just an unthinkable number of halflings to get to the room... Where I would use the sigil to go downstairs and then the door wasn't open before I opened the sigil, so they could not there's no there's no possible way that these cowed wizards could be here
1: so the no you are wrong you just don't understand the way teleportation works.
0: do you think they just teleported on in there?
1: Yes, because teleportation all it requires. So like the, it's not like a Wi-Fi, it's not like a, a cellular signal, mm-hmm. which would be blocked inside the planar sphere, right? Yes. It is, once the door was open, they could teleport anywhere inside they wanted. But, uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> but, the but, the, okay,
0: okay, okay. <laughs> if, if we grant that as true, mm-hmm. all right, this is the most, this is the nerdiest I will ever get. Okay. on this podcast, on this show. If we grant that as two, there's a two-door, or true, there's a two-door problem. The mm-hmm. most external door of the planar sphere, the one they could not get open without Valigar's body, yeah, cannot ever be open at the same time as the first interior door. The minute the first interior door opens, the outside one closes. Correct. So right, there's never any teleportation ability into the sphere.
1: No, of course there is, because it's only the first door which is warded, and it requires the blood of Valigar. Once I had Valigar at the front door, and that front door was open, I dismissed him, and Balthazar was able to get through the rest of the planar sphere uninhibited. Therefore, there was a moment, once that pl- outside door was open, that the wizards could teleport, because wizards can teleport through mundane doors. I just feel like this is this is the worst thing keep it in keep it in don't I, edit this out
0: i just i i i am just enraged by the very idea of this i just can't help it well this this uh somehow explainable yet wildly inconsistent and horrible why why didn't they just magically teleport to his house then <laughs> Because they can teleport through all the mundane objects in between here and there. They can't teleport to the Umar Hills. They got they they, didn't, they they didn't gotta know dude. he was there. They have a dude they know. Yes, they did. They sent me there. They did know. Ugh, this is the worst. I was gesticulating so wildly I was hitting my microphone. In any case, so they're down mm-hmm. here and I
1: killed them. Mm-hmm.
0: Chikovar went into a wild rage. <laughs> went berserk. I summoned two elementals and three skeletons, and they went and did work for me. That's what your—that's what your, that's what your uh, sorcerer rage is. Yeah, yeah, it's like a long form and complicated rage. <laughs> no, quite literally. Like if if I do an encounter and uh, it looks like I can't do it, so I'm like, okay, I'm going to reload. I will just summon as many elementals and skeletons as I can. I cast haste on them. I will open the door and send them in, and then I will close the door, <laughs> and I'll just wait. That's how I've solved a lot of uh, a lot of issues in the Baldur's Gate franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, so we do that. Kill them. Kill Tolgirius, the guy who gave me the quest initially. So I guess we're out of that sure. con- conundrum.
1: Although although the quest log does this, I'm sure this will cause problems later. But, you know. Does it say that? Yeah. <laughs> I'll go back and report to his boss. Uh, hey, I, I murdered your guy.
0: Um, <laughs> he's in that big orb. <laughs> But so we go in there, and uh, it's really cool. I think that this engine, this golem engine—I mean, it's protected by a bunch of golems. I had to kill. I didn't much care for that. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, it's like a big living. Like the whole sphere itself is like a big living golem. Yeah, which is pretty cool.
1: You just had to. We got to um, give it, give it, give a little heart, give it a little boost to get us out of the abyss.
0: Mhm. No one ever said that the heart that summoned uh, Captain Planet was in fact a demon heart.
1: But is, is Captain Planet a golem? I think so, dude. I think he is. <laughs> yeah, that's the only explanation. Ooh, that's that, disturbing. That just, that's blowing my mind right now. <laughs> yeah, me too. Kinda. He has no free will. <laughs> he has no agency really. He kinda... It's all just an it's all just an effect, you know. God,
0: no intuition pump. Daniel Dennett would have nothing to say about, <laughs> about Captain Planet. Um, so, yeah. So, we do that. Power up this bad boy. Go back up to Lavok. There's a lot of running around. Mm-hmm. Like, an immense amount of running around in this planar sphere. And so, so I go up and I talk to Levok and I said, I've done it. And he's, like, plugged in the coordinates. And he zips us back to Faerun, to the Prime Material Plane. And uh, we go out, and it's dark, and it gets lighter. There's, like, a nice visual effect that, that happens there. And uh, so what happened for you there?
1: Well, he, uh, he was on the ground, he's like, oh, thanks, I, uh, I wanted this to happen. And then he started to say a sentence, and then he died mid-sentence. <laughs> and then I picked up his ring and a gem. Yeah, it's gonna walk off, off into the morning. Mm-hmm. Full and free. Yep. That was and that was the end of that, and I was satisfied. I was like, hmm, that was a nice little adventure. Well, I came out of the planar sphere <laughs> with Lavok
0: and Valigar and the rest of my team. And I was immediately, like, before Lavok could trigger dialogue in this pre written, you know what I mean, like I don't. I'm climax not.
1: Climax of the quest. Yeah,
0: climax of the quest, in which that that's supposed to be automatic, and I'm just clicking through it. This halfling named Dano <laughs> interrupts this moment. He's standing on the ledge outside the door. So this kid's been waiting for years, as far as I know. <laughs> like literally, this planar sphere was not in this plane. And he was standing on this little dock waiting for <laughs> waiting it to come for back. It to appear. So I come out. I'm carrying this aging, dying Demi Lich. And he's like, uh, excuse me. I bought a, uh, a a potion, a love potion for my 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 <laughs> dearest. And she's sick. She passed out. She won't come back. And I'm like holding this dying wizard. And Mazzy's like, "Look, I can't really do anything." He's like, "But you have to come right now. Got to come to trade me right now." <laughs> do it. And so I was like, "Fine, I'll go to trade meet." And then finally Levok <laughs> was able to deliver his like dying Layvok monologue. Levok as he's
1: dying like after you have this conversation with the with the half like, "Are you fin are, are you sure? We don't I don't want to interrupt your uh...
0: Yes. No, it was the the weirdest the weirdest little moment. But as Lavok died, he did gift me the Planar Sphere. Ooh! It's my stronghold. Whoa! Mm-hmm. As a as a casting class, as a sorcerer slash mage.
1: Now, what does that mean?
0: It means that uh, over the over the next couple like in game weeks, I can do some special quests to to basically like do wizard shit. In the same way that if I were a ranger, I could have taken over the little zone in the Umar Hills, and I mm-hmm. could have done some ranger shit, and if I were a priest, I could have taken up in one of the uh, the three temples in the bridge district, or not bridge district, the temple district, to help them recover from the, the unseen eye and all of that. Oh boy. So I'm going to be able to do that, and so with that in mind, I think that we should go and uh, get your stronghold.
1: Yeah, just, just for just for fairness's sake.
0: For fairness' sake, which means that next episode... Oh, and he died at the end. Yeah. And I, and I kicked Valigora out of my party. <laughs> Immediately. <laughs> we got Yoshimo back. Mm-hmm. But I think we need to do DRD's Hold. We for, should. For the next episode, which is your stronghold. I believe you should check to make sure, but I believe it's all of the fighter kit.
1: Yeah, I believe so. So how'd you feel um, about the planar sphere? It was fun. I think uh, maybe a few missed opportunities with stories, but I mean, wasn't it fun to use our imagination to fill in those gaps? Almost as fun as reading it on the screen. Oh, let me let me tell you here about the thing I said
0: to put a pin in a minute ago. Yeah, yeah. So here's what I think should have happened. Uh, when you bring Lavok out into the morning light, he's like, yo... You're an idiot. <laughs> I cannot believe you bought that shit. I'm still an evil wizard, and he should have zipped away. Mm. And then we could have followed up. We could have gone to like another
1: place and fought him there. Or that could have been the climax of the stronghold quest where like we gotta we gotta navigate the planar sphere to where Lavok's hiding and finish him for good. That would have been great. Yeah. Well none of that happened.
0: But wasn't it great to use our imagination?
1: It was, yeah. What a, what a fun time. hmm. So, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, yeah. So, next episode, we're going to be doing D'Arnie's hold. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you have to go get her. When you talked to her, did she go all the way back?
1: Yeah, I I don't think she has to be in the party. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. I've already got the quest. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, well, we're going to do that next. Uh, another little outside skate Although I do think we are quickly accelerating into actual plotline stuff.
1: Yeah, I believe so. We're there's going to come a point where we run out of stuff to do in chapter two.
0: Yes. Uh, yeah. Of, of, of things that I think we that we can do or maybe should do in chapter two. Um. We should do the docks, the docks district slash the graveyard district. At least to get that guy off that table. Yeah, you got to get rid of him. But but there's a lot of stuff to do in docks if you have a party, um, which, is, which is interesting. So there's the Thieves Guild, guild quest versus the Vampire quest. Mm-hmm. I think the way we have talked about this before is that I will be doing the Thieves Guild and kind of talking about that, and you'll be doing the Vampire Guild. Blah! Mm-hmm. It's going be, gonna to be an interesting, interesting episode. So that'll be one episode doing the docs. Uh, there will be an episode of doing trade meet. Mm-hmm. And I think that's it. And then we're like, yeah. we're, it's just kind of story content all the way through. Yeah. And then you will, of course, do your obligatory attempt at Watcher's Keep.
1: Sure. While you do another thing that, no. that we haven't done. No. No. You will just be, it will just be an observation mode. Yeah, that'll just be me laughing at you. I'm uh, trying to do Watcher's Keep. That might be the episode where you have to go kill the Shadow Dragon that you that you cowardly skipped. Can I give you a little update on that?
0: Sure. I just I just went and tried it just to see where I was at with it. And I mm-hmm. took down one health pit, And it it started one-shotting my whole party.
1: Okay, well, it
0: sounds like you've got uh progress you need to make on yeah. that. Yeah, I got a little way to go. But I did okay. I did give it a shot and yes, that will be in some episode. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. For sure. Okay, well, uh, thanks everybody for listening so much. Uh, As always, just at the top, you can follow us both on Twitter, you can like us on Facebook, you can hit the like button, the little thumbs up, uh, here on this YouTube page. You should hit subscribe, that would really help us out, helps get the numbers up. When we get to 1,000 subscribers, I think we're going to do a little relaunch. Maybe we'll make an actual channel video.
1: Yeah. Which we've never done. It'll... We might we might do that, and there, are, uh, I don't know, all kinds of opportunities mm-hmm. in, we're, in the fu- in the future. We're brainstorming. Yeah, and if you've got if you've got cool ideas for our upcoming rebrand, I think we've already got a name for the channel, lockdown. But in, any other ideas of uh, cool promotion? We could have like a, like a free banana for every person that's like every fifth subscriber.
0: I, that's gonna get expensive. I don't no. know. We need to talk about the banana
1: budget okay yeah. if you're
0: interested in contributing to the banana fund uh, you can support us on patreon uh, help support the huge amount of time that we put into these videos uh, both playing and editing and suffering uh, once again you can go look at those wildlands videos hey if you want to see some of that mm-hmm. um, and there's gonna be more of that uh, we're gonna I think we're gonna I mean, we've fairly regularized some some other content, but but that'll be uh, coming down the pipe. We have some showing up. Yep. Well, this was uh, episode twenty-five of Mages and Murder Dads. Uh, I'm Cameron. And I'm Danny. And it's over now. Ciao. I wonder.